Hey guys, so the podcast episode this week is a little bit delayed, mainly because last week I had a virus and despite recording it with this great croaky voice I have, I was just too ill to edit and upload, so it's a little bit delayed. Um, so in the episode we do talk about Black Klansmen and searching and I mentioned in the episode that I hadn't seen them but I have now seen them so at the end of this episode I will be chiming in again and sharing my reviews on those. Anyway, that's all from me. Here's the episode. Yeah, so I've got I'm I'm um recording live from my bed today as um I have a virus. I didn't install a firewall for my body, so I am <laughs> quite quite sick. Which is why I, oh god, I've just dropped the microphone. Which is why I have this um sexy husky voice going on. Yeah. Very sexy. Very sexy. So yeah, I'm joined by Courtney today. Courtney is an old friend now. I've known you for about five years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> is I was I was trying to work it out, and I was like, yeah, it's about five six years. But um, Courtney's fantastic. She is an artist who has helped me with my film work. Well, for, probably for about five years now. So I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great. I have, this is my first podcast ever. Oh my god. Well, we'll ease you in gently. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about this week was um, probably like the biggest showbiz slash celebrity thing that happened the past week. <laughs> um, bitch, come here. Bitch, come here. <laughs> I'm Cardi not- B versus yeah. Nicki Minaj <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like not as caught up on that as I, I've been seeing you tweeting and stuff so can you like fill me in on the whole saga I heard that Cardi B threw her shoe that's like what I know and I know so, they've been beefing so I am not really into like celebrity gossip but I I love this one because I just think it's so funny because Cardi B um, is obviously a rapper, but she, before that, she was like a TV personality. So she was yeah. on one of them reality shows like Love and Hip Hop or something. I've not watched it, but I've seen so many clips of her. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think I used to see those clips. And I used to think, oh, I, qu- I think she's quite funny, and that's where I got into her music. But um, so she's um, on this show that, that she was on. She used to be very like aggressive. Like she would throw her shoe at people, and she would go for people. And so, yeah, so it's New York Fashion Week and Nicki Minaj and Cardi B are both in attendance and Cardi B decides to try and attack Nicki Minaj um, in retaliation for apparent comments about her daughter. And uh, obviously Nicki Minaj is held back by four pretty large security guards and Cardi B is just all over the place. She's just and the thing that makes me laugh is she keeps saying this phrase, bitch, come here, bitch, come here. Oh my and God. Yeah, she throws her shoe, and um, I found the whole thing just bloody hilarious because that, no, it's, I love it. I love it. I think it's I think it's so funny, and I think it's hilarious for me because obviously rappers are very like well, they big themselves up, don't they? They're they're big and tough, and you know Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, they both talk about being like the baddest bitch in the game and things like that. And then when it actually comes yeah. to like a full on fight, you've got Nicki Minaj hiding behind security guards. And yeah, you kind of think, think that really exemplifies just like where she is now because she has this like big like tough bitch facade, but 
she's just like lost it I mean I've never like I'm not really into either of their music but like I used to like Nicki Minaj as like a person like cause she really encouraged like girls going to school and she was very like empowering that. wasn't she yeah but all of a sudden it's like you know she's doing stuff with the Takashi 6 9 and all that and that just I don't even know what's going on there and then now all this, well, this yeah Cardi B is such a you know success story like an inch she really rose really quickly and I do commend her for you know her successes and I think it's a super low blow for Nicki Minaj to say anything about a baby a literal baby like Cardi B's daughter is like an infant <laughs> well this is the thing and I think um if, if people Nicki Minaj did retaliate on her um like radio show like two three days later because you know the best thing to do when like you've been confronted by someone is talk about them on a podcast yeah exactly. and um <laughs> and she kind of like she basically basically she must have spent like three days researching everything cardi b had ever said and she kind of brought up these uh things that cardi b had said a few years ago and she i don't i have no idea what's happened to her because like you said, she used to be such a good message for empowerment. Like obviously, not everyone's a fan of her music. And she, you know, people think she's crass. People think she's, like, too much or things like that. But she used to be, like, a good message of empowerment, especially for women. And, yeah. of course, like the film industry, she's in an industry and in a music genre that is so heavily dominated by men that you'd think that, right, this other woman has come along who has built herself up. She's rose through being an Instagram person. She's now a successful rapper. She's breaking records. What instead of wow, this is amazing, we've now got two women up here being amazing. No, let's just attack each other, let's just you know, because you know, that's not you know, what there's a, there's a saying, it's like we rise by helping each other grow, but it's kind of like it's I feel like she's I'm trying to put this into words. Um, it's like she doesn't want any other female rappers, no, like, she anywhere. wants to be the queen. And if you listen to all a lot of her music and a lot of the recent stuff, she'll come, you know, she'll say that she's like with Drake and whoever else, and it's like it's them, and then she's the girl, she's like yeah. the one girl, she can be the queen, and no one can mess with her. And I think because she's comfortably been like the only prominent female rapper of the you know the past decade almost you know she is threatened and you know people have come along like Iggy Azalea and stuff but I don't think she ever saw Iggy Azalea as a threat and I also think honestly because um Iggy Azalea was a white Australian woman she didn't feel like she was like threatening her turf as much because people weren't necessarily taking Iggy Azalea seriously whereas Cardi B is I mean she's from Brooklyn right she's a you know she's a real new york girl so yeah. she knows what well, she's I mean, talking about to be she's out here throwing her shoes at new york fashion week like yeah, she doesn't exactly. care like this and the thing that made me laugh is that Nicki minaj's retaliation was like you don't fight women at fashion week i'm like okay but have you listened to your album because exactly. there's lyrics in your album that basically say you'll pull up on a bitch whenever you want so it's what card do you want to play? Like, do you want to be the baddest bitch in the game? Or do you want to be the, no, 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 I'm here to talk about women. Like, we should be empowering women. Well, if you're here to empower women, why are you out there promoting a song with a sex offender? Exactly. So, I mean, you can't play the card of, um, I'm empowering women. It's this, it's this thing about feminism that um, women seem to mistake that. I mean, feminism is all about quality. Like, I could want you Courtney to be 
treated equal as a woman as you as I would to a man. Yeah. But I can still hate your guts. I exactly. can still not like you. I can still not want to speak to you. I can still think, oh, God, I can't stand that bitch. But that's not anti-feminist. And I think this thing is that a lot of people think, like, you have to support all women. You have to like all women. You can't ever retaliate against all women because then you're not a feminist. And that's bullshit. It you is, can you, 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 either you can't stop yourself from not liking someone. It doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. No, if they're a shitty no. person, they're a shitty person. But you can't discriminate on them because they're a woman. Like, I hate a shitty guy for being a shitty guy the same way I hate it. You know what I mean? It doesn't really... It's person... that uh, Disliking someone is a person-to-person thing unless you are a sexist and you hate claim to hate all men or women. But, you know, in this case, they just don't like each other and they don't need to bring it into this grand feminist argument. No, it's, it's... Ridiculous. And I think some of the obviously, obviously people are going to take sides, but I think some of the um, comments are just beyond ridiculous. Like people are like she should be focusing on her daughter. She was focusing on her daughter. She was defending her daughter. Yeah. You know, and there's 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 so much stuff come up. People call it receipts. Don't know that they've dug up old tweets. They found yeah. where Nikki has liked tweets about supposedly it's written about Cardi B and she's liked it therefore she's joined in with it and obviously Cardi B posted that Instagram post where she kind of said that for a long time Nikki has told other artists like if you work with Cardi B I'm done with you kind of thing and it's um it's she just seems to have gone off the rail like I for me like I have been a fan of Nicki Minaj's music and I feel like her last album the pink print was brilliant and it really kind of put her into this whole new level like she started she started collaborating with Beyonce like she was kind of lifted to this new level where she wasn't just a rapper anymore she was a kind of this prominent feminist icon almost where you know she'd been hurt and she'd been cut she'd gone through heartbreak and you know people kind of related to her more more I think I think and then kind of Cardi B comes along and all of a sudden Nikki goes off the rail and suddenly she's, you know, her her recent album is not that good. No. And, you know, the, the best song on there for me, I think, is Barbie Dreams. And that's a remix of a song she did six years ago. Yeah, that's rough. So it's kind of like she's just kind of playing this, well, you know, Cardi B wasn't very nice to me and now Cardi B's attacking me. And, you know, Cardi B's going to release another album. And you know, someone else, there'll be there'll be another Iggy Azalea. There'll be another yeah. Nicki Minaj. There'll be another Cardi B. There'll be another Azalea Banks. There'll be other rappers. You can't. I mean, look at how she treated Little Kim. Like basically, oh, in this situation, she's Little Kim, and Cardi B is Nicki Minaj. So it's just history repeats itself. So yeah. it's um, it's mad. But I've I've just loved the memes. Oh, I know. I'm just living See, for the memes. See, I've been seeing stuff, and I didn't know the whole story and everything, and now I know. But yeah, no, it's like, I feel like Nicki Minaj has never, I don't know, does she have a history of feuding with, like, Azealia Banks or anything? Because Azealia Banks is crazy. So oh, I yeah. feel like if they haven't fought, it's because she is actually scared of her, and maybe she doesn't see Cardi B <laughs> as this big of a threat. <laughs> I think she does now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a girl phrase is sure at you, you're not going near her again, but... No, no, oh, I think it, this it could end me. things for now. <laughs> we'll see, though. Something will happen. We'll see. It won't. It's not over. Yeah. I mean, oh, who knows? Who knows what will happen? I'll tell you one thing that did piss me off this past week, though, that I nearly threw a shoe at. Did you see that Did you see that asshole at the Venice Film Festival wearing the Weinstein shirt? Yes. What a mess. He just wanted to get, he wanted to get, you know, press. Famous. Because wasn't it, it was a, was it an Italian director? 
It was, yeah, basically this Italian director turned up in the red carpet. I don't know what film he was supporting or anything like that. But he he opened his blazer and his t-shirt had a picture of Harvey Weinstein on it. And it said, Weinstein is innocent. Yeah. Or something like, free Harvey Weinstein or something like that. And first of all, you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, exactly. who is this guy? And um, But it just it's actually quite scary that there are men out there that think that he is innocent. Oh, I know. It's it's really like, it. Fr- that ugh. freaked me out. And to think, I mean, at least now, he's flagged himself as someone to avoid. You know, working with at least gotcha. you know women working in film in Italy can look at him and say goodbye. <laughs> but Bye-bye. you know, how many silent <laughs> bitch come here? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how many silent men are there though that do that are working in the industry that do think he's innocent and are going to keep their mouths shut because they know better than to say that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had the conversation a little while ago with a friend, and she was like, "Do you think he'll ever come back from it?" And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, do you reckon he'll, like, escape prison? Because he's probably going to escape prison because it's yeah. Harvey Weinstein. And she was like, do you reckon he'll ever come back and, like, do a comeback and, like, everyone will forget about it? And I was like, oh, no, I don't think so because, like, that, that'll be, like, Kevin Spacey doing that. And then two days later, Robin Wright comes out and says that we'd all sh- we should all give Kevin Spacey a second chance. That really, like, that made me so sad because I thought that she was completely you know, against him at this point. I thought she'd made comments saying he was hard to work with um, on the set of House of Cards. So, and you know, everything she's been through with Sean Penn and everything, I thought that she would, you know, I never expected that from her. I was really shocked. And um, I didn't really understand it because I just thought, it's not like you need to promote his image for the new season of House of Cards because... No, it's all about her. It's all about her. So it's... It's so confused. Like, I remember she did interviews and she was like, I didn't even, I feel like I didn't even know who he was. Like, I feel like I was working with a stranger. And now she's like, oh, I think we should, you know, we should give him a second chance. Yeah, Ooh, I don't know. There, again. I feel like there's something behind that. I don't know. But I don't think he, I agree with you though. I don't think that they can come back, especially Harvey Weinstein. I don't think he can come back from it at this point. Like, he'll make money somehow and he could use um a different name or something and can i don't know hopefully he doesn't do that but i feel like the name the weinstein name is done it, it i mean even the company is um yeah. you know getting rid of him i mean the fact that ridley scott like raced kevin spacey out of his film like i i don't know what's gonna happen like you just uh i you don't know you really i mean i can't see I can't see Kevin Spacey coming back. No, not... I mean, he had a movie come out, like, in the past month. It was the Billionaire Boys Club. And, like, yeah. it released to one theater and made, like, $30 because, like, they legally had to release it in the contract or something to I feel a so... Yeah, I feel so sorry for the other actors in that film because the cast is actually really good. I know. And it's full of a lot of young, like, I think... um isn't Ansel Elgort in it and yeah, like I Emma Roberts and even um, uh, Billy Lord? I think Billy Lord was in it yeah. and the guy that was in um, dun, 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 Taron Edgerton. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. I mean, I've got the cast up here now uh, Jeremy Irvine, Suki Waterhouse, Judd Nelson. Like, it was a really great. Oh my god, Rosanna Arquette was in it too. But of course, they, even if it's a great film, I feel like it's going to get a bad reputation anyway, which I think is, uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because, uh, I don't know. 
difficult. No, it's super hard. I'm it's gonna not fair watch. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it, which doesn't make me a sympathizer or anything. Just no. because I really support um, Emma Roberts and Billy Lord, um, so I don't really know what. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they cut that out. So, and he's not got anything else in production, has he? So, no. Where even and is I he? Saw, Are they? Um, did you see uh, all the money in the world? No, no, I didn't got, see so that. So I went and saw it because I was curious to see how they did it, and I don't know how he did it. I still don't know how they managed to pull that off in the timing that they did because it was good. I mean, it was definitely like a Rid- like a recent baby. Ridley Scott movie. It wasn't like you know what he's pulled in the past or anything, but it was done well. And it would have been stupid if Kevin Spacey was in it, not just because of all this, but because they aged him. Like, the character, the historical figure, was, like, 80 years old. The amount of money. It just goes to show, though, how much money can just be, like, is in the film industry that can just be thrown about like I know. they can't they can't fund female led projects but they can spend millions and millions of dollars on erasing Kevin Spacey rather than exactly. cancel cancel the film it's um it's just it's the film the film industry is just mental mm-hmm. so but yeah so yeah it's a, it's been a weird week a very yeah. weird week hasn't it yeah just just <laughs> strange and we we're going to talk about Olivia Munn and Predator later on but yeah it's just this week's been very odd. Um, right, so yeah, the UK top 10 box office. Obviously, this is the UK, and we get films like three weeks after you guys, you lucky <laughs> bastards. So there might be some films on here that you're like, really? That's in the top 10? Okay, so at number 10, it's Black 47, which you probably wouldn't have seen because this is actually set in Ireland. I've heard of it, though. I haven't you seen have? It, but I've heard, yes, I've heard of it. I think just from like being online, and I follow so many people from the UK... So yeah, so it's set in Ireland during the Great Famine, and it follows an Irish, uh, an Irish, an I, I'm so I'm ill, I'm sorry, an Irish ranger who's been fighting for the British Army board. Uh, it's actually had very good reviews, but of course, like most things, it's not been released worldwide or across the UK even. But it's got that it's got that Barry Keogh in it. I love him. Everyone loves him. I know. He's he's like um, it's just I don't know. He's. He's doing so well for himself, though, isn't he? I, and he's, I think he's only, so like... He's my age, so good on him. Good for yeah. him. Okay, at number nine is The Equalizer 2. I can't actually remember if I spoke about this in the last episode, but I have seen it. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. I haven't it's, seen the original um, either. I mean, I'd like to see them, because I do kind of have a soft spot for movies like that. <laughs> and I love Denzel, for, but... I thought you were going to say that I have a soft spot for Denzel. I was like, I don't I blame do, you, darling. Mean, yeah, everyone does. Who does like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually kind of prefer this one to the last one, but I think the problem with The Equalizer 2 is, A, it's too long. It's two hours, but oh. it still feels too long. And B, there's like seven side stories going on, so oh. it's... At the start, it kind of felt like a series. You were kind of like flipping through episodes, but it's still good, and it's um, it's got a good cast, and uh, it does make you wonder where they're going to go with it, whether there'll be another one. Um, but you know, he's still kicking ass. And yeah. how old is Denzel Washington now? Like, he must be like late fifties. Yeah, let me look honestly, because I'm curious. Because I just I watched Training Day for the first time over the summer because I'd never seen uh, it. And yeah, I'm I've not seen it either. He is sixty three years old. Shut up. He's 63 years old. Bloody hell. He's turning 64 this year. To be fair, right? December. 
Right, so he's 64 now. Mm-hmm. Training day was 17 years ago, yeah. so he was, like, pushing 50 then, too. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it is mad. But, uh, no, it's, it's a pretty good film. I do like Denzel Washington. He's, um... Uh, he's not got anything in the pipeline though, so I'm not too sure what he's up to. Like, there's no movies in production or anything, so maybe he's taking maybe. a break. He's been going pretty yeah. hard. I feel like. I mean, past yeah. Years. <laughs> he's 63, so yeah, <laughs> you can't blame him. Um, okay, at number eight this week, we've got Hotel Transylvania three, which I've not seen. I think it's only in there because there's no other kid films out right now. Probably, so. yeah. I saw the yeah. first one like. I think like five or six years ago now and I liked the first one it was cute but I never bothered <laughs> uh, th- I'll just let if I have a kid one day maybe I'll watch it and be yeah. like oh yes this was in the top ten once young Karis <laughs> I'm gonna call my child young Karis like yeah. <laughs> um, and number seven it's searching I haven't seen I, that yet I really want to I really want to see it too I am um, I actually was gonna go this week on my own and then I got ill I got struck down with the virus so um and I've been to the cinema before when I've been ill and it's just not worked out no. I just I just I end up either falling asleep or I end up like hallucinating and it's just too much yeah um I saw Birdman when I was ill and I don't oh, know whether Lord. that yeah I I felt like I'd been like hit by a truck it was dreadful oh, um yeah. but yeah searching is brilliant because a it's a what do you call this style of filmmaking because it's like unfriended it's all through the camera screen capture movies i guess i don't know because i love unfriended i'm a big pro unfriended uh, (gasps) i am too i I am too did you see the new one no but you know what the thing is right i haven't seen it so i'm probably gonna end up watching it on my laptop and i feel like that's gonna be a really cool way to watch it that is cool yeah no you should do that it's super it's better than the first one that's all is it oh see i i really look i went to see the first one with a friend and we were like oh we'll go see this because there's nothing else out and this probably you know some cheap horror crap wow we were like astounded i was clapping i was laughing it was an experience so no i'm really excited to see searching um because it's it's the way you describe it sounds like oh that sounds like it's going to be rubbish but everyone seems to have loved it like the reviews are amazing i know and obviously john chow it's great to just have a bit of diversity in a a good film that's going well yeah definitely i think he's fantastic it's a shame he's not in more things but um yeah so i haven't seen it yet but it's definitely on my list to do um and number six we've got the incredibles 2 yeah that's i loved it (laughs) Uh, he's been in the top ten for ages now, so we can skip him past. And number five, we have The Meg. I have not seen The Meg. I was going to ask if, you, if you'd if you want to see The Meg. I don't. Is I it? mean, it's like, I wasn't opposed to it. Well, originally Eli Roth was supposed to do it, like, ages ago. Like, I think I was a freshman in college when Eli Roth was attached to do it, and now I'm a senior. And he didn't do it, and so I kind of dropped it. And then I don't love Jason Statham. I think that's why I don't really want to see it. That's fair enough. I'm not really into Jason Statham either, to be honest. He's fine. It just doesn't really... He doesn't do anything for me. And I don't know, like, I'm weird with shark movies because Jaws is, like, the holy grail to me. (gasps) Same. So, like, Roy Scheider is the love of my life. I love him so much. (laughs) Um, I th- so you just can't top draws to me. No, I felt. I mean, it's it's had some um, it's had some like favorable reviews, but um, it's just it just doesn't 
like you, it just doesn't do it for me. And I think that's because no. Jaws is like the holy grail of shark movies. Exactly. And I know I, it's I, not trying to be Jaws, but still, it's hard to not compare. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, because I love sharks too, that I just think, oh God, that's just disrespectful. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's just making them out to be the bad guy. They're just trying yeah. to live. They just got, where's they got the, to yeah. like we do. They don't know where's the better. Where's the nice shark movies? Where's exactly. the shark rom-coms? You know, where's the shark, you know? <laughs> I would see that in a second. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's the screenplay that I'm currently working on. So, you know, <laughs> high on flu meds, just writing this screenplay. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, speaking of being high on flu meds, number four, we've got Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh, I loved it. I loved it too. I literally cannot stop seeing the soundtrack. It's, it's so um, driving me good. mad. Oh um, my God. I saw it with uh, my boyfriend's mom, and it was like such peak like female bonding. And the oh whole theater was filled, and oh, it was so good. Jill's really annoying is that I was told before going that there's an end credit scene so I, I went with my boyfriend because he actually quite enjoyed it and he likes ABBA too and um, I said like we've got a stay because there's an end credit scene and he was like really? I was like yeah and he was like what like Marvel? and I was like well I don't really, I don't really think it's going to be like along those lines but there's an end credit scene um, so we kind of like sat there and like everyone got up and left and it was just us two left and the person who was cleaning the screen come in went are you staying to the end then? I was like, yes. I paid for my ticket. I will stay here until the very last name is read on the screen. Yeah. And obviously I didn't say that because I'm not like, come here, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, come here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we kind of said that. But I hate when they do that. Like, no, what I if don't, I do want it? Sometimes I just stay and yeah. sit. What too, if I was, I like, usually... the second lighting assistant? Maybe I want to see my name on the screen. Exactly, right? But I, like, I walk, when I'm, like, back home in Michigan, I live right by a movie theater. So I walk to it. And I usually sit till the end of the credits to kind of just, like, prepare myself to have to walk. It's not a far walk, but I'm not going <laughs> to hop into my car and leaving, so I might as well just sit and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, you're, sometimes You're in the lobby are... doing stretches and... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Time to run a marathon. <laughs> Warming up. <laughs> I'll never forget, I think the... Because um, usually when I, when I used to live near London, I'd go to the cinema and see, like, uh, like two, three films on a Saturday. And I remember once um, I planned to see Gone Girl and then to see another film afterwards. But Gone Girl messed me up so much. I sat in the cinema after for like half an hour. I couldn't oh move. God. I was so like affected by the film. I missed the second film and just had to drive home. But no, I know what you mean. It's, it's nice to have the option just to kind of sit there because I think most cinemas now, I mean like the little picture houses and the little like independent cinemas, you have like a little coffee area. But most cinemas now, it's just a big lobby and the screens. There's nothing there exactly, for you to kind yeah. of like socialise. There's no like, you know, so no, I understand what you mean. Um, at number three, we've got Black Klansman. Oh, have you seen it yet? I haven't. Have you? Oh, yes, I saw it. I love Spike Lee. I'm like a huge, huge Spike Lee fan. And it's this phenomena of the past, like, my entire, like, growing up. I feel like no one's really cared about him. Like, all of a sudden, it's, like, cool to hate Spike Lee. Because he did all yeah. the crowdfunding with, like, um, uh, Sweet Blood of Jesus and Chirac. And people just went for him. And he always fights yeah. with Quentin Tarantino. And I feel like that's all you hear now. 
So for mm-hmm. him to come out and make this movie and to have Jordan Peele produce it with him, it was just made me so happy, just that alone. And then I went and saw it, and I just loved it. I think it's fantastic. I'm really excited to see it. And like you said, like the fact that like people like Jordan Peele are behind it, it's almost like people like, oh, well, you know, we'll like Spike Lee this time because, you know, Jordan Peele likes him. And it's like, exactly. now, it's cool to like Jordan Peele. Like, well, were you, were you liking Jordan Peele five years ago when he exactly. was like producing? So it's, it's such a shame that a lot of black-led films are only made popular because of another popular person kind of thing exactly and it's it's just such bullshit and you know i'm i'm really excited to see this again it's not playing everywhere because you know it's a black lead film um so i'm really really thrilled but i think the cast is fantastic i mean it's great to see like um what's his name oh just it's great to see him i've just forgot who is obviously adam driver's in it who everyone loves so clearly that yes. film i think that's a big marketing factor of this sure. film that people will go see it because adam driver's in it um but like topher topher grace is in it and oh he's so, fantastic and he's so yes funny. and to play a role that is obviously so disgusting it's oh um, yeah it's really exciting so I'm, I'm super excited to see I'm hoping that it stays in the cinemas for a bit longer and I can catch it on like a Wednesday afternoon or something ridiculous um, at number two we've got Christopher Robin which has been destroyed by critics actually have you seen it? I saw it yeah I saw it with my my mom is like a huge Winnie the Pooh gal she loves Winnie the Pooh we, we brought a Winnie the Pooh uh, stuffed Aww. animal to the theatres when we saw it and I didn't think it was awful, but in a society where we have Paddington, I gotta say, it just doesn't hold a candle. It just, it was so, it was blatantly Disney's attempt to bank on the success of Paddington. Because, um, I mean, watch, I loved Winnie the Pooh as a kid, as any other normal child yeah. did. and obviously Winnie the Pooh it, it, it existed it was a thing wasn't it it was kind of like his imagination but it was also a place and then it's kind of like well no we're going to bring them to life and we're going to get them to save him from his midlife crisis and you're kind of like well where do they exist then are they make believe or are they because other people can see them grounds to it tread is. on and I just hate the look of Tigger Yes, like Tigger is the only one that they didn't like super stylize. I feel like no, to like the no. real because like I think Winnie the Pooh they did a really good job with his design. He's really cute. He looks like an old toy, whereas Tigger is just kind of a plush, like fluffy looking version of Tigger, but he's smaller and uh, I don't know. I, I that that's it sounds so stupid but like as soon as I saw the trailer I was like what the fuck is that that's not yeah. Tigger yeah. who is that and you see the posters and you're like it looks like Pudsey the Bear it's, yeah <laughs> where where's he he doesn't even have stripes like I what know. did you run out of ink when you, I just I really don't <laughs> get it it's it looks like when someone tries to recreate a Disney thing at like a holiday resort park where they don't yeah. have the rights they have to like change it slightly. Yeah. It, it just looks dreadful. But no, I haven't seen it. I probably won't go see it now, but I'm betting it'll be on Netflix and I'll just yeah, watch it. Yeah, like, just watch it there. It's not worth yeah. seeing it in the theaters. It's <laughs> weird how we get... We've got, like, two Christopher Robin films come out in the space of a yeah, year Yeah, because there's well. the one with Donald Gleeson, right? Yeah, and that was kind of like... That was about Christopher Robin, how he created Winnie the Pooh, and this one's kind of like... I, I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it was, yeah, it was basically Disney trying to bank in on Paddington, essentially, so. But it, I, it lacks the charm and, like, imagination of Paddington. It's kind of just bleak. Like, Christopher Robin's pretty depressing, to be honest. I know, and I think it's kind of like, because the way it's advertised, you, you, you take kids to see it. But then the way the storyline is, it's kind of like, well that's depressing like kids mm-hmm. don't want to know about that stuff like exactly. by the way guys when you grow up life is shit and you'll have to exactly. have your imaginary toys come back to like help you so <laughs> I, I i don't know i don't know but yeah okay the time you've all been waiting for at number one this week in the uk top 10 box office it is the nun Oh my god, I'm so happy. I didn't know it was number one. That makes me so happy. I think it's number one here, too. I didn't um, know it was number one either. Now, I, Courtney, and I, Courtney and I have been a huge fan of horror films. I think that's how we kind of... No, we originally bonded over Wes Anderson, but, you know, it's another thing we bonded over. And this film, in particular, I was so excited about. Yes, me too. I've been waiting and waiting. And I love all the Conjuring movies. I don't love the Annabelle movies very much no i don't like that little bitch i will kick her if i see her yeah bitch come here (laughs) i I love it i'm gonna get it on a thing and just like play it um for me and mainly because i don't like those dolls so annabelle was just never really gonna hit the mark for me but um yeah i was excited for this because a i've always found nuns scary (laughs) yeah but b i just i love the conjuring universe and i just I thought, yeah, it's it's something original, but then it's also relating back to the universe. And I was super thrilled, and also I was really glad that Tahisa Farmiga was hired yes. to play the younger version of Vera Farmiga, and I was super pumped. So, yeah, take me through what you thought of the film. So, I, like, I guess I need to, like, lay the groundwork here. I have a weird thing for nuns. It's, I, I, it's, I don't know where it came from. I was not raised Catholic. I was raised agnostic. But I'm really obsessed with Catholicism for some weird reason. I have no explanation. But I just think nuns are neat. I love nunsploitation movies like The Devils and (laughs) School of the Holy Beast, all that jazz. So I was excited for this. I went to the theater. I dressed up as a nun. My boyfriend dressed up as a priest. It was everything. And uh, so I loved it. I loved it every second of it pretty much i thought the atmosphere of the film was great um corin hardy was the director i thought he did a great job um i think taisa formiga was fantastic i think um oh what is that bonnie aarons i think is the name of the nun the actress that played the nun yeah i think she's fantastic um Mm -hmm. the look of the nun was fantastic and it was just very like a kind of old school gothic horror um, which I feel like we haven't seen in a while. I think that hasn't been as popular lately. And that just, is those three words: old school gothic horror. Is it, the precise reason why I think the films had so much backlash. Yeah, I agree. Because for me, the reason why I liked it is it took me back to like you, when you'd have those seventies and eighties horror films where it'd yes. be a lot of like you said, the, the like the Catholic kind of feel. Like it's it is terrifying. I mean, when you think about it, like. Catholic, religion is scary that's not why and i feel like the premise of it was very much like halloween Mm -hmm. where you've got people kind of standing from a distance watching it was very much like the exorcist with the way it was kind of um the kind of the sound effects and the eeriness to it it was very old school it is not modern horror which is this 
it's you know this jump like a, pe- a lot of people have complained that it's they were obvious jumps i don't think they were i think some of I the jumps either. were quite um obscure i think some of the things were i mean it was scary because you couldn't explain it because it was an evil spirit you know when he got um locked underground buried yeah, alive that's terrifying you can't explain that. He couldn't explain it. He's a priest, and that's the thing. Like, it was scary because he was. Stu- it's it's an evil. It's an evil force. You know, it's scary that she um, she was hallucinating. Like, it was. People seemed to misunderstand. They thought. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be the nun running around in her habit, stabbing people and grabbing people, and it wasn't. It's a haunting film. Exactly. The Conjuring universe is about hauntings like the conjuring and the conjuring 2 they were not stabby films they were haunting no. films so i have no idea why people thought that the nun was going to be this thrill ride of jump scare tactics and you know and scariness because the whole that's not the universe it belongs to if you want that then go watch like final destination the remake exactly. and friday the 13th and truth or dare or things like that so well, that's you what think I think is funny is, um, you know, if you would have slapped some film grain on this and told some of these people complaining about it that it came out in 1974, they'd think it was a masterpiece. <laughs> because I love, and I love that stuff too. My boyfriend made a comment saying it reminded him a lot of uh, Alucarda. Have you seen Alucarda? No, I've not seen it's that. It's a Mexican, I believe it's it's Mexican or Spanish, and it's an unsploitation film from the 70s, and it's, these two girls are at a convent, and one, she's like new, she's an orphan, it's like her first time there, and she becomes best friends with this girl, Alucarda, who is like in league with the devil. And it's, the atmosphere is very similar, you know, kind of some of the cheesiness is similar, and yes, there are aspects to The Nun that are a little silly but it's because it is that old school gothic horror vibe of course it doesn't necessarily make sense in the real world but it's not the real world i mean it's i think one of the things that was quite good about it storytelling wise is that you had the character of frenchie who was kind of along as a non-religious person like when they were talking about like the blood of christ he was like christ Jesus Christ? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Christ. You know, it's, you had, he was there to kind of highlight the ridiculousness of the religious aspects. You exactly. know, like, why, why would you go inside an abandoned building that someone's just hung themselves? Because we're religious and this mm-hmm. is a religious building. Like, you have to highlight the ridiculousness of the religion within the film because that's the satire that we're, we're working with. We're working with the fact that people are so, drawn to believing in this thing that they will go into an abandoned building and stay there. Exactly, exactly. No, and I you know, think um, the just... whole thing with the priest and um, the boy that he had exercised, going back to that, that was a good criticism of you know, the religion and just, you know, yeah. to deal with the consequences of the religion as a religious person. So I thought mm-hmm. that was... I think they overdid it a little bit. Like, I think telling the story was enough to have the boy keep reappearing, I think, was a little silly. It kind of reminded me... Uh, have you seen the second Sinister movie? They have the ghost kids keep reappearing. Yeah. That's another. Where yeah. it's like, I don't know if we needed that. Like, the base idea maybe is good, but you don't need to keep reiterating that. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I think that I mean there were elements that kind of I mean there were some things that unexplained. There were parts that I kind of felt like they went on for too long and things like that. But I um I don't know what people were, were expecting. I mean the bad reviews that I've read, people like oh, it wasn't scary, I was expecting it to be scary, I was expecting more jumps, I was, I was expecting this, I was expecting that. I was like, well, you you knew, like, I feel, feel like people thought that The Nun was going to be set in modern day yeah. and she was just going to go around jumping out of people. Like, I don't... That's not a film. That's just a YouTube video. Exactly. Um, this, like, I think the comment you made about it, if you slapped on a grain and said it was from 1972, people would be like, oh my god, well, you know, this symbolises the origin of the nun, and, you know, the, the Catholic... It's, 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 it's film people for you. And I yeah. feel like a very common complaint about modern horror is, well, it's not even scary. Well, it's, it's not as scary as this. It's not meant to be as scary as that. It's a standalone film. Yeah. And, you know, my thing, too, if you're a really big horror fan, how often are you actually scared? There are rare, rare times that I'm scared in the movies anymore. And I don't go to be scared. I go because I enjoy it. Obviously, I get a little freaked out. But, like, I mean, if we're really talking about the scariest movie of the year to me was, like, First Reformed because it made me think of, like, oh, the world's going to end and we're polluting the environment. And that sucks. And that, to me, is more morbid than, Mm. uh, you know, scary demon nun because that's not actually going to affect my life but you know i can shut off my brain for two hours and <laughs> yeah honestly she's gonna show up in my i'm gonna pull back the shower don't, curtain and there she's gonna out. be no <laughs> be quiet don't i'm gonna no stop it i'm getting scared um <laughs> it's uh it's it's a common complaint isn't it about uh modern horror films i feel like now when a horror film comes out people like to advertise it as the best horror film ever the most scariest horror film ever and you're like well it doesn't have to be no. like people have different some people are more scared by spiritual horror some people are more scared by slasher horror some people are more scared by paranormal horror some people are more scared by slow burning crap horror i don't know yeah. it's different i mean there's so many torn opinions it's like it's like the witch was released a few years ago a lot of people loved it a yeah. lot of people hated it hereditary a lot of people loved it a lot of people hated it and that's just that's just it that's just life that's yeah just what exactly it's like. and you, like you said you get more scary different things like i guarantee halloween is going to scare me more than the nun did because the oh, spiritual gosh. stuff doesn't really scare me because i'm not a spiritual person but the thought of michael myers busting yeah. through my door yeah no i'm gonna shit my pants <laughs> that is so true i feel like for me like it's the actual it's the real people that's yes. more scary so when like films like i uh, cut like but then i say that but then a quiet place was very scary for me because yeah. it was very but i think that's just because it's how you do it i think like if, if a quiet place was made by i don't know like michael bay or uh someone like tarantino it wouldn't scare me because i wouldn't take it seriously but the way it's, it's the way it's done sometimes so yeah if the nun was released in 1970 i think it would have been very different yeah, on that note though Obviously, we have Halloween coming out later this year, which is a massive, massive mark for horror, the genre, because it's yes. returning to a storyline that... I mean, for me, Halloween kick-started my obsession with horror, horror films, and it's my favourite horror film because yeah. it's just a classic to me, and I love the premise of it, I love it. It's a classic babysitter getting stalked, and then it's the whole other parts. But this year in horror... So, this is 2018, so far, 27 horror films have been released... Wow. And only one of them was directed by a woman. 
And that oh was a co-directing gig. So she wasn't even on her own. What movie was that? That was The Open House, which was released on Netflix. Oh, okay. See, I didn't yeah, even was... know it, too. It's no. <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just read these out. So these are the 28. You had Annihilation, yeah. Bad Samaritan, Children of the Corn Runaway, The Cloverfield Paradox, which is not a horror film. No. D- Day of the Dead, Bloodline, Delirium, The First Purge, Ghost Stories, Ghostland, Hellraiser Judgment, Hereditary, Insidious The Last Key, Mum and Dad, The Nun, The Open House, Patient Zero, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, A Quiet Place, Slender Man, The Strangers Pray at Night, Summer of 84, Truth or Dare, Unfriended Dark Web, Unsane, Upgrade, Wildling and Winchester. Oh God. I haven't even seen or heard of most of those. No, I've, like, seen maybe a handful. I've heard of maybe half, maybe. But um, a lot of those... I bet a lot of them are, like, straight to Netflix. Oh, not even that. Straight to... They're still straight to VHS, even though nobody uses VHS. Honestly, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. I mean, I've not seen it. I was quite confused, because... Is Slenderman, is that part of the Conjuring universe? Or no, it's not, is so it? did you guys get that yet? Has it been released in the UK? It was released in okay. like three cinemas. <laughs> okay, see, we it got wide release here, but um, it's kind of touchy here because do you know about the two girls that tried to kill that girl over Slenderman? Did you ever hear that story? No. Okay, yeah. So, Slender... Do you know the figure of Slenderman? It's like a creepypasta internet legend. He's just like a yes. fictional... He's kind of like a boogeyman. He's like a boogeyman, yeah. Yeah. So, these two girls, they were probably 12. Um, I think it was somewhere on the east coast of America. Um, they... The, the main one, she was not right in the head. She had mental health issues that were not diagnosed. And she believed that slender man was commanding her to murder her classmate and if she did that he would take her away to this fantastical land so she recruited another classmate who was had no friends was super shy would do anything to have a friend and they stabbed one of their classmates i believe 12 times and the girl got away and she crawled from where they left her for dead and got the attention of, like, a biker, and he called the police and saved her, but those two girls are currently, you know, in jail, and when they turn 18, they'll be sent to real prison. She survived. She's alive. She survived. Yeah. No. Yep, she survived. That's, that's, so, that's a film, right? That's better than a Slenderman film. Yeah. So this Jesus. movie came out. They'd been planning to make a Slenderman movie for, like, years because no one technically owns the rights to Slenderman because he's, like, an internet legend it's like no one knows who originally wrote him so it's you know heyday for a movie studio doesn't have to pay anyone the rights and (laughs) it's been a mess from the get-go and then this happened and like the father of one of the girls in jail was like you need to cut this shouldn't even be released blah 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 so they cut half an hour out like a week before the movie was released they and cut just half an hour out. out. What was in yeah. the half an hour? Just because it was, like, bad content. Like, it was, I don't know, too similar to the real events that happened or something. There were stabbings or something. So they took it out and released it. So they essentially released, like, an unfinished movie. Uh, see, 
at that point, obviously, I feel like with some with some films, you have a studio obligation to release it. So it's yeah. not like they could just pull it out, which is a shame. But like, there's contracts and things like that. But Jesus Christ! I know. I mean, I can see there's a um, there's a documentary film, which is about the stabbing and also yes, like. Yes, I've seen that. It's pretty good. Yeah, because it's by um, it's the internet, the creepy pasta, isn't it? Yes. Which is like they just make things up. It's like um. When did you ever like when you use the internet when you were like ten years old and you get like a picture and it's like if you don't send this to twenty people exactly this person like will be the, under your the, bed the kids that creepy pastas are like yeah the kids now that's their version of that I feel like it is yeah and it's just um it's 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 mad but I mean I was just, I was reading up on just like when you were saying that and the girl said that she also talked to Lord Voldemort and oh. one of the teenage ninja turtles oh god i cannot believe that that girl survived what a story like she's so jesus why did they pick her do you know i'm i can't remember they go into detail about it in um the documentary it was like one of their friends the girl trusted these two girls enough to like sleep over they were having a sleepover and that's when it all happened so it was someone that they considered a friend, which is even more messed up. I mean, what happened to like just watching a horror film at sleepovers? Like, I never I thought, oh, hey guys, you know, it'd be really fun. <laughs> Let's, I'm gonna stab you oh, to death. I can't even. Uh, wow. And um, well, that ex- I mean, I didn't know anything about that, so that explains why the release was very yes. small. Um, but I was confused because you know, in um, is it co- the Conjuring two or is it the Tall Man two? Yes. Yeah, I he's getting that his own was movie that. too. I thought that was that. So I yeah, no, he's. I don't. That's one where I don't really know how they're gonna make a whole movie about that, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Or know. not the tall man, the crooked man, the crooked man. Look, that's it, the crooked man. Crooked that's man. it, the crooked man. Because yeah. he, um, uh, there's not much about it. He's like a English nursery rhyme, isn't it? Like yes. there was a crooked man. He walked with a crooked mile. He found a crooked sister, a crooked smile. He brought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse. They all lived together in a little crooked house. I mean, you listen to that and you think, oh yeah, that's that's terrifying. And so it's, they can just make anything into a horror thing now. Like, yeah, it is getting ridiculous. I mean, there there is a whole series for on a leprechaun. So yeah. Oh, I know. He like there's like two of them where he's in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But yeah, apparently there there's going to be because I was I thought Slenderman was that. Yeah. So I got confused, but now that makes sense. I still can't believe that they stabbed. That's insane. I know. That's mad. I can't believe she's... Sorry, I'm just, like, astounded that she survived. Like, wow, I want to see that film. Exactly. Jesus. They stabbed her 19 times. 19. Okay, yeah, more than I thought. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus. I can't believe she dragged herself to nearby. Imagine finding... Imagine being the cyclist that found her. Oh, I know. Like, what happened? You were at a sleepover and... That's, I mean, that's just... True crime is scarier than any other film. Oh, yeah. Do you know something I was speaking on in regards to horror? Because this story is obviously going to be made into a film one day. But do you remember reading... Not reading, but seeing in the news about the family that had the 13 children? Yes. And they were, like, locked up in... Yes. Like, at the house. Um, I was reading the other day on that. Like, that's still ongoing. How do these things take so long? I have, yeah, you'd think, I mean, it's, and that's the, the trouble with, like, the legal systems and stuff, it's, 
you know, you think, I'm finally saved, I'm finally, this issue can finally be solved, but then it's dragged out for five years. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's mad, but, yeah, so The Nun's number one this week, and obviously that's the, the tw- one of the 27 horror films out this year. I think the only one coming out now that I'm looking forward to is probably Halloween. I think it's the only one that's coming out the... Can you think of any others that are coming out the year? Uh, Suspiria's the coming out in October. Oh, yes, of course, which had ridiculously good reviews at yes. the um, Harvey Weinstein Innocent Festival. <laughs> they let the guy in, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, they I'm did. Well, if it was carrying a gun, would they let, let Lars him? von Trier back in, didn't they? Yeah, but that was funny. Because <laughs> they <laughs> I just mean, I, I'm excited for his new movie, I hate to say. Um, oh, but... Gosh. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think, yes, yeah, Suspiria and Halloween. So we, yeah. we shall see. I mean, um, upcoming releases. Crazy Rich Asians is finally coming out over here. Oh, it's um, so good. <laughs> I, did say, I did say last week that it was not coming out to November, but they've moved it. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, Operation Finale, which is a team of secret agents set out to track down the Nazi officer who masterminded the Holocaust. <laughs> that stars Oscar Isaac, so it's got quite a good cast. Um, and The Predator. So, I don't know if you watch the news this week, but watch the news. Who watches the news? You just look on Twitter. That's where the news <laughs> is these days. Let's be honest. So, yeah, so basically, Olivia Munn, who is a star of the new Predator film, has come out recently saying that she feels very alone after she asked for a scene to be cut from the film where one of the cast members was a sex offender and she wasn't aware of it at the time. And apparently... I didn't know anything. I'm reading an article about it right now. I had not heard about this. Holy shit. Basically, there was a sex offender in the film. She didn't know he was a sex offender. She shared a scene with him, and she asked for the scene to be cut. And she's obviously spoken about it. And But none of her cast members have come with her um, to kind of back her up and talk about it. So she feels very let down by that, which is obviously very understandable because, you know... You're good. I'm just reading up on it right now. It says that Keegan-Michael Key did finally like support her but it was like after the backlash of people freaking out that no one was supporting her so it's like he was just saving scrambling to save his ass which i like him and all but that's still not cool yeah i think sterling k knight did the same thing like he came out on twitter and spoke to her directly and you think well why didn't you just pick up the phone and speak to her and then exactly so yeah it's um it's it's a difficult situation and I think a lot of people, but a lot of people now are kind of, um, what's the word, uh, boycotting the film and things like yeah. that. So, I mean, I wasn't going to see the film anyway, but it, it seems um, it seems a big mess. It just seems a big old mess, really, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I didn't expect anything really to come of, like, controversy or anything about the new Predator movie. I just kind of thought it would come out and leave, and that would be that. <laughs> that would be that, yeah. I'm like, oh, why did we remake that again? But yeah, so, it just, it just you hear these stories and obviously you have the Kevin Spacey thing, you have the Harvey Weinstein thing then you have this and you just kind of feel like did the Me Too movement do anything? Yeah, I don't and especially too now with the whole thing with Asia Argento and yes. 
yeah. all that. That has not helped anything because Rose McGowan had to come out and say, well, we don't know the full story. And it's like, you can't, you can't just pick and choose who you want to condemn. That's the thing. And, and then Asia Argento come back to Rose McGowan and... Um, it said that it's false claims or something like that and oh I don't know yeah she said it's a shame that Rose McGowan isn't prepared to accept when she's wrong and ugh, I don't know it seems again it's just a big old mess I mean the whole point was to create a safe space for women and I just I still don't feel like that safe space exists oh no I mean on my sets it does but just not really in no, the I mean, that's one of the reason I, I you know there are many reasons I left filmmaking because I was going to pursue filmmaking and it just also in the first place wasn't for me but I'll tell I mean in this environment at this school I go to the film department is very masculine and both that I was a girl and that I was interested in making horror films rather than um kind of your typical dramas that I was alienated and I wasn't taken seriously and it's really difficult sometimes to sit and talk to kind of the film dude bros and it's like I see them now in like their infant stages being like 20 25 and I know that some of these guys that I'm currently attending classes with they're gonna grow up and turn into these people that were talking about the Harvey Weinsteins and the Kevin Spacey's because you know it's an environment that fosters that and allows that to happen and even with the Me Too movement I'm afraid that you know 20 years from now the same conversation will be going on I mean, you and I, we were part of a commute, an online film community on Tumblr, which had a lot of people, well, there was a lot of people a part of it, and I think there's some that have kind of, we're still friendly with, we still yeah. talk to, and things like that. There were some people in that community that were very much part of that. Oh, yeah. Problem. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, the stories that you would hear, these, these are independent people, just like I was, making films, and you would hear stories about guys who would invite actresses to dinner, to trick them into it being yeah. a meeting, but actually they regarded God. it as a date. There were guys that would audition actresses more than the most, more than the required amount, just so they can spend more time with them, despite mm-hmm. the fact they weren't right for the role. These were young men making independent self-funded movies. It's 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 not just top up there at the top. These are no. you know, and I mean I've spoken on this podcast before about my experiences with it, but. It. No, it's frustrating. It's just, it is, it is frustrating, and it's kind of like I think I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I don't get shot. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. Oh my god, I can't believe this happened. It's kind of like, really again. Exactly, and which is so sad that it's mm. just you sit down and it's like it's you feel defeated. It's like, I don't know what to do to combat it, you know, all I can do is point it out when I see it, but it's, it, it's not even shocking anymore. It's not, it's not, it's not like a, it's like, oh my god, you won't believe what happened, it's like, oh my god, guess what happened again. It's, exactly. It's just, I mean, there, there are, I mean, in the UK film industry, they recently launched this, um, this new best practice policy or something on how to handle um, like harassment on set and it's basically to always have someone responsible there so obviously on my film sets now I have well I've always had someone responsible it's me but like you give people the facts like if this happens you come to this person it's a safe space kind of thing but at the end of the day that's just a booklet yeah like 
that's just a booklet. So, no, how many people are I mean, going to follow it? And how do you yeah. know that the person they're choosing to be your safe go-to person is a safe go-to person? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I'm being negative and it sounds like I'm kind of like knocking the whole thing, but I'm just being realistic yeah. as someone who... The, the way I look is, you know, people think that, oh, you know, she's blonde, she wears makeup, she, you know, she wears the clothes that she wears therefore she wants me to talk to her therefore she's on a film set she wants to be she wants attention like no I no I don't want that like yeah. I do my hair because I like the way I do my hair I wear my makeup because I like the way I wear my makeup and also yeah. I got hair like eczema so I'm gonna hide it and <laughs> I wear what I want to wear but I'll still be dis- I will still be respected as a director yeah don't you get that wrong so I don't know but this week's theme on that note not kind of sidestepping is about career changes and obviously you were gonna be a film director yes went to went to college to Mm -hmm. study film and then you changed yep and i feel like career change is a big discussion for me right now because obviously it's rianne pitcher's fifth year this year so it's our Mm. fifth birthday in november so i've been doing this for five years and obviously I've moved recently to the North East, which is away from London, where, like, a big film hub is. Yeah. And it's been harder. It has been harder, like, I will admit. Like, it's been harder than... I, I knew it was going to be difficult because, obviously, it's not in, like, a creative hub like London is. There's less festivals, there's less events. Um, but I didn't think it'd be this hard, Courtney. Yeah. I've, like, really struggled to find actors and crew members and just... Yeah. events to go to like I used to go to like a monthly directors meeting and there's nothing here like that there's yeah. like they have like a they call it the Northeast Filmmakers Society but it's like an hour away Aww. so um, it's really difficult and I think it's been hard for me lately because I feel like uh, it's like do I give up yeah, I... and I don't think you should give up. It's just adapting, and sometimes it can take a long time to adapt. Yeah. You know? It's, um... It's hard, I think. It's, um... I think age has something to do with it. Like, I'm turning 27 this year. And, um... It's... <sighs> I don't know. I just... Uh, maybe I just feel quite negative, because nothing's really happening at the moment like I'm not filming anything obviously I'm fundraising to make a film because Mm -hmm. I still don't qualify for any funding because I'm too old (laughs) and the funding scheme up here misses my postcode (laughs) so like it just doesn't exist and um it's really hard and I think that's why it's not like I'm being defeated like oh I give up it's not it's too it's not it's too hard it's not easy enough like it's it's just I don't know how to explain it it's a very confusing time yeah and I think it's interesting because I think we're both kind of at that weird like transitional crossroads because I'm 21 I'm graduating college this year my undergrad and it's like I don't know what I'm doing in May Mm. like I don't know where I'm going I don't know I'm from Michigan I go to school in Georgia I don't know if I'm gonna get a job offer if I do get a job offer, I don't know if it's going to be in Texas, Michigan, Oregon, you know, Georgia. I don't know where I'm going to go. And that's even if I get a job offer. So it's really scary. And I think, you know, you're in a different 
you know, you're kind of the next crossroads, I feel like, because <laughs> the next you've, jumped, crisis. <laughs> you've jumped the hurdle of, like, the scary, like, I guess I'm an adult, so you're kind of transitioning into the adult, and, you know, still, I feel like most people I talk, I talk to 30-year-olds that don't feel like they're really adults yet, so it's, it's always that next transitional period. It is. It's, um, I feel like life is full of these little, like, little transitional periods, and it's um I know it's hard with the creative industry as well like like I'm currently editing my documentary so for me working creatively is sitting at my computer for five hours of an evening Mm -hmm. and to an outsider or a non-creative person that's like well that's not filmmaking yeah that's not exciting that's not you know that's not furthering your career and I think that's what hard that's what's hard sometimes is that these little things that we do like raising money to make a film like I have been I've seen like subtweets about it oh Jesus and I've overheard conversations from people close to me about it and it sucks because yeah I just think that's pathetic I don't know I think so many it's a viable way to do you know it, we were taught when in the few film classes I did take here you know the industry professionals that taught us said like I wish I had that tool when I was your age Mm -hmm. it's a it's a totally viable option and you know what it's what's gonna get your film made and that's what's important it's it's so odd because um it's it's a confusing it's a confusing thing to be in like I think I think all people in the creative industry get it but it's kind of like like well you're 27 like you'll be having kids soon or like you're 27 like you wouldn't you made it by now and then like you look a bit like Ava DuVernay she didn't start filmmaking until she was in her 30s yeah and you're not not comparing myself to her at all (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) um but it's 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 almost half the battle sometimes is not only convincing yourself that you want to do this and you you're good enough to do this it's convincing other people and it's I mean obviously like you you shouldn't rely on other people for happiness and things like that that's like a whole self-care thing but it's nice to have the support at least oh of course yeah no I totally agree and I think um definitely like the way that our generation is they're very about like the instant young success um especially more I just you know there's so many young people like you know all these young rappers and stuff that are coming up and the whole YouTube culture so so many people you know in their 20s right now whether you're like me and you're 21 or you're like you still there's this whole idea of like I'm you know this age and I haven't made it and it's like you don't have like you said Ava DuVernay not until she was 30 there are some you know people that didn't get into what they were meant to get into until they were 40 or 50 it's um it's weird I feel like even though obviously the the generational gaps have changed and things like that I still I I think some of us still kind of try and um hit targets that are quite um, like archaic like the whole there's there's like that joke like oh did you get the house did you get the man did you get the job kind of thing and yeah. people like 
it's it's about hitting kind of targets and things like that and kind of like it's kind of like checkpoints like checkpoints in a game like check yeah. I've done this and check I've done that and check I've done this wait I've completed the level but I'm still unhappy it's kind of like yeah happiness is way differently like I remember when I like self-funded making Demi people were like but how did you afford to make that and I'm like how do you afford to go out every weekend and drink at a pub or a bar exactly or like how do you afford to go on holiday for two weeks and you know you know how do you afford to buy 500 pound hair extensions how do you afford to buy 300 pound sneakers or trainers like it's it, i don't know it's odd i think we're very much all in everyone's business still aren't we yes oh yeah without a doubt and that's something i don't i'm definitely like i like to save as much money as i can just because especially right now like i'm probably gonna move to a new state in a year you know that i've never been to and have no contact with anyone I'm gonna need money to save for that and you know I have to start worrying about printing my portfolio for graphic design to show to people and it's like you know yeah I don't go out a lot I don't you know go out to dinner a lot I don't you know buy a bunch of fancy clothes all the time and it's because I'm saving and you know sometimes I feel like I'm like this boring like fun sucker because I never yeah. really go out and do anything yeah. but honestly like I'm happy where I am too like I I still enjoy my time and my life doing what I'm doing and you know Mm -hmm. if I climb this hurdle hopefully someday I can you know have the opportunity to more do more stuff like that yeah I think it's um I think when you're working towards a career that's kind of not the norm or I don't know not even the norm but just a little bit higher than the average kind of go for um I think sometimes people think you've got a kind of air of arrogance, like, oh, yes. you think you're you think you're better than us because you want to do this. It's like, no, this isn't about anyone else. This is about me. Like, this is what I want to do. And like, for me, like, to be on a film set every day, or being an editing suite every day, or being a meeting room every day, talking about you know pre-production and things like that. That's that would be happiness like personified for me. Like, that's that's yeah. all I've wanted. Like, I wanted to be an author when I was a little girl, and then obviously creating stories and. Um, bringing to like a visual form when I turned like yeah. 16 it's it's developing and that's the same as someone who plays a guitar and sings in a local pub every Friday like yeah it's what makes them happy it's what makes them wake up every day and think oh I can't wait to do this I can't wait to do that or they're at their day job and they're like I can't wait to finish work and then go write this song I can't wait to finish work and go take pictures or I can't wait to finish work and work on these new designs like yeah it's just different there are people who feel that way about normal jobs you could say like banking or <laughs> accountancy or yeah. you know custom service no, you true. could really I mean, like working in like a coffee shop no I mean my mom she's um she works in administration in a hospital in Michigan and she's worked in like the medical field like her whole career and she does scheduling and like payroll and stuff for the hospital and she just loves it it's her she lo- she gets up in the morning and she said she's you know has a smile on her face she never has been happier and it's like i could never do that that's not what <laughs> i could do at all but it makes her happy so that's great exactly. and you know that's the thing is you know i do think a lot of people judge us that go into creative fields i've definitely gotten the oh you're an art school huh thing from a lot of people <laughs> and yes there are art school stereotypes that i make fun of all the time and yeah maybe i fit some of them but i certainly don't fit all of them and but there's just as many stereotypes for kids that go to engineering school or whatever or people you know into sports exactly I feel like people, people i feel like the sport thing is so overlooked at times as well because it's the classic American high school drama, like, people want to oh, yeah. 
people start with the jocks because they're going to get a jock scholarship or yeah. you know they're interesting you know look at them but they forget that the majority of those people who are focused on sports they do peak in high school they peak in secondary school things like that i mean yeah i know people that were so talented in school at football so talented and they do nothing now because yeah. that's all they had and unlike in america where you get scholarships for that you don't really get that over here it's it's not the same yeah. kind of level you don't kind of get that progression as you move up in the school year where you get um scholarships here it's it's a completely different thing it's academies and i know this yeah, one, yeah. like a girl so i feel like sometimes like there's someone in my life who's very much into sports and i feel sometimes we disagree over um you know sometimes they think i take filmmaking too seriously and i'm like will you take sport too seriously and they're like no but that's sport I'm like, yeah, exactly. but this is filmmaking. Yep, this is filmmaking, yeah. So it's, I, but I can relate to that. I'm like, okay, well, that's your thing that you love, but yeah. this is my thing that I love. But I'm also trying to make a career out of it. Like, I, I feel sometimes I give up on myself, but I still feel like, no, do you know what? No, five years time, I want to be making TV shows. Yeah, I want to be producing. Why not? Why can't I? Like, yeah, I'm 27. I've moved. Probably made a massive mistake. <laughs> I moved across the country for someone that doesn't really um you know treat me very well but i'm 27 i'm not even if i was 47 like i've got ability i've got a t- a talent i've got the aims to do it you know and your talent you know you're just gonna I mean, get I'm more proficient yeah. at it and you're just gonna get better and better and you're still so young people need to stop you know acting like oh what mm-hmm. you have to make all your accomplishments between 20 and 30 and then it's done because it's like no and then you're gonna have, the, you gotta have you three have, babies and you're gonna yeah. get married and you've got to get a big house and you've got to do a cookery book and you've got to post on instagram every day yeah with your, with your dog and your clean kitchen and you know fuck off exactly <laughs> there's um that's just oh it's the kid thing drives me crazy i'm already getting that and i'm only 21 and i also have like possible infertility issues because i only have one ovary and it's like i love saying that to people when they're like oh like you've been with your boyfriend for three years like Mm -hmm. you know what's gonna happen after college and then i always just i look them dead in the eye deadpan say i don't know i only have one ovary uh one of them got removed so i'm not really sure what's going on and then they're just silent and i love it I'm an account manager and I actually enjoy my day job. Like, I actually get, like, fulfillment out of it. I like the people I work with. And someone said to me the other day, like, what are your career goals? And I said, like, well, you know, I'd like to do what I'm doing now for maybe another two years. And I'd like to get promoted for um, work for, like, three years. And then I'm probably going to stop and have a baby. And they were like, but you'll be 31. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God, I better drop a feet right now. I better have a baby right now. Oh, my God. 31 jesus christ my, my parents mom, had me at 30 <laughs> my mom had my brother at 39 and he's like a yeah. kid prodigy yeah i don't know a lot of people i mean one of like our closest family friends uh he and his wife they're both 39 i believe and she's due in like two weeks and it's been a totally healthy normal pregnancy they're thrilled they never would have done it any earlier because they wanted their time to themselves and now they're ready it's I hate that it's kind of like 
and it's I speak to other women about this and it's almost like a not even pressure we get from other people but it's pressure we put on ourselves as well because there's so many scary articles out there like if you have a baby after 30 you'll have 10 eyes and three legs yeah exactly you know your eggs start dying and things like that but you think why can't we pursue a career why can't we or even not why can't we muck around between 20 and 30 you know why can't girls go partying and go on holidays you know and then have a baby like why do we put this pressure on ourselves to I think I mean that's not for everyone I I know some women who are like no I don't want to have children which is totally fine but you know it's and I think there's a scary factor as well like for example like I'm in a relationship now and at one point early in the year my boyfriend said to me like I don't want to have children I thought oh my god what am I doing I've got, I'm going to have to leave him and find someone else. And it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Like, I have to find someone else to have a baby? Like, how crazy does that sound? No, I know what you mean. And it's like, like I don't want put children, that on a dating but my boyfriend <laughs> also doesn't want children. So, like, it worked out. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that's, like, a conversation you have to have. And, you know, hope, you know when he it's says that, yeah. too, he may not really mean it. He may not really know yet. And that's another reason why it's valid to wait ten years, you know? It's a very strange, it's a very strange situation. I mean, I, but then I have friends that they, like, I have a friend who's um, 30 and she dated a guy for six years and it was always planned, like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to get married, we're going to have mm-hmm. the children, we're going to have the house, we'll have the dog, you know. And then when they were suddenly ready to do that, he turned around and said, actually, you know what, I'm not about that life. And obviously then starting again at 30 is harder. So it's kind of like we get scared of this lifestyle that we haven't even got to yet. Yeah, exactly. It's all this pressure to something that, you know, you can't, you can't just lay it out, you know, that specifically. I feel like that's too dangerous. It's a, it's, I think it's a, it's a big subject to explore into and and not, not to be anti-men or anything like that, but men are so lucky because you can you can date someone and it can break up and then you could date someone for five years and break up and then you can have a kid at like 45 yeah i know what you mean you know so there's like it's um i don't know <laughs> no it's definitely this podcast it's a heavy, is called not it's having it all <laughs> yeah and i don't have all the answers um but yeah i mean so yeah changing career paths i think when you remember when you told me and you were so worried about telling me and I felt so bad because I thought why does she feel bad about telling me she's quitting filmmaking but I was at no point ever disappointed in you I was Aww. at no point ever saddened I was just so happy that you had made a decision that was going to make you happy oh well, that means a lot yeah I remember I was just so like you were it so was unhappy. a rough time when I was like making that decision because I was I had taken so the way my school works is we do uh it's a quarter system so fall winter spring summer and you pick three so it was my freshman year I'd done fall quarter was all like basic intro classes winter quarter I took my first film class and it was fine like it was actually really easy it was like intro to film I made a music video I enjoyed doing that but still like in the back of my head I was like know about this and then the day before the spring quarter started it was actually easter so now i'm a little easter's a little rough for me now i was reading my sound design textbook for my pre like pre-assignment 
and I like snapped and I was like I'm not I cannot do this for the rest of my life hell no there's no (laughs) way I hate this I don't like being on set I don't like learning about making the movies I don't want to do this and I like freaked because I had no clue what I was going to do because I traveled from Michigan to Georgia to go to this expensive art school I'd like given up on drawing and design stuff because I'd gotten like bad marks on this um, advanced placement test thing that I did so I was like I'm bad at that that tests you know is the all-seeing eye telling me that I'm bad at that I can't do that and finally you know I was so worried to tell my family my friends you know I remember telling you know you and other people that I was close to Um, that I'd met through filmmaking and I was like oh gosh are these people still gonna want to talk to me you know and obviously you know I was I knew you still would because you're just we are friends in general it goes beyond just filmmaking and stuff um but once I decided to forever and ever someday we'll actually meet in person (laughs) Um, it's like spring breakers then (laughs) yes oh my god spring break forever Um, when I finally, oh my god, when I finally, um, picked graphic design, you know, it just, I was so scared when I made the switch, but once I took the first class, I just knew, and ever since then, I, I just love it, and I'm happy, and I can still work with filmmakers, and, you know, these people that I do care about, you and I have had, uh, you know, working relationship since I switched to graphic, I've done some, you know, little graphic stuff for you, posters and stuff like that. You've done and I a love lot. It. You've not done a little, you've done a lot. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney designed probably every poster you've probably seen. So she designed the Foxhole posters. She designed the Extra Time poster. She designed uh, Demi graphics. She designed, uh, coming, no, no. There's just, there's just loads, and to be honest, I'm, I'm gonna actually message you soon because I need you to design something else. Honestly. Oh yeah, always. I'm always there. No, I love it. I, I love I, working I with you. Do you know um, how impressive yeah, it is to put on my resume that like I'm working um, out with someone that's like stationed in the UK? It's like people always bring it up. They're like, "Oh, how did you meet this girl?" And it's like I have to like beef it up and not be like, "Oh, like I thought she was really pretty like when I was in high school <laughs> on Twitter, and like I was so I never thought she." be my friend because she was like older and cooler than me <laughs> i thought you were gonna make like a story up like well i was studying the lawn yeah exactly she was, right like, she was at lunch <laughs> and she was eating like a pretzel and like i just said like hello and she looked up at me and she was just like bitch come here <laughs> and that was the start of everything our so, beautiful no. beautiful no i know what you mean whenever <laughs> i say like the rian pictures team is like worldwide i mean you <laughs> I'm so glad that I can be. I'm the, Pitbull. Yeah. I'm Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it really makes me laugh. It's like, like, oh yeah, so Rian Pictures. It's like based all around the world. Like, where are you guys? And like, oh, you know, we have ba- we have bases in the U.S. By base, I mean Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so honored. I feel so yeah, special. <laughs> so it's, it's fake it till you make it, and I most certainly do. But um, oh yeah. But yeah, I think it was a it was a good it was a good topic to kind of discuss for you career yeah. change wise because it does fall on me many times where I think oh do you know what maybe I should just give this up it's you know maybe I should just do something else and then I think well, what else would I do yeah like, like I said I said to myself the other day I was like well do you know what after the after the fifth birthday party I'll take six months off and then I thought to myself what am I going to do in six months and I was like oh I'll do some writing no but that's film work. 
Exactly, or do yeah. You, well, I'll do a documentary shoot. No, that's film work. I can't take six months off. I no. I work every day. And not only that, I have a team now. Yeah. Where there's four of us. And we talk every day. And I couldn't give them up. No. No, I mean they could probably give me. No, a I think you're. <laughs> I think you are truly meant to do this. I mean, the work that you've already put out is it's insane. I hope you know that. Like you are so young to Thank already you. have put the body of work out that you have. You've made a feature length film by yourself, funded by yourself. You've done a documentary series. You've made you've made so many short films. You're making more as we speak. Like it's incredible. Thank you. You try to make You're me cry. welcome. Oh. <laughs> no, it's. I think so. It's nice to hear that from someone else sometimes, because like, I think since moving here, it's been harder because there's no one else that I can like. Even at my day job in London, there was still other people that did creative work, but here it's it's harder. And like they, yeah, they're very, they are they are nice about it. They're like, oh my god, let me talk to you about your premiere, and oh my god, what's it like doing this and that. But there's you know there's no. There's not a sense of, like, I don't know, like, film buzz or... Yeah. It's just... I think it's because cause I feel lonely, then I feel even lonelier that I haven't got the connection to the film world. Like, when I used to be back home, if I felt like... If I had, like, a lonely day or a sad day, I'd go into London and I'd go to yeah. my favourite cinema. Or I'd go to the BFI. Or I'd go yeah. to my favourite film bookshop. I can't do that here. So when yeah. I'm lonely, I haven't. <laughs> I was about to say something really depressing, then I stopped myself. I was going to say, I have nothing. But no, I don't. <laughs> Obviously, I do have things. But I know what um, you mean, though. It's hard, and that's how I feel. You know, obviously, when I'm at school, I'm surrounded by creative people yeah. of all different types. We have majors here ranging from graphic design to filmmaking to sequential art, which is comic books to fibers to fashion design it's crazy there's so many different kind of people here so to go back home to you know my suburban Michigan town it's kind of jarring sometimes to not constantly be flooded by that creative energy and you it's hard Mm -hmm. to to do creative things when you're not surrounded by it I definitely struggle to you know do designs and stuff when I'm at home it's 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 hard and like Obviously, at the moment, I'm should I should be. Oh, my voice is just gone. <clears throat> ma, ma. Like Ashley Tisdale in high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> brr, um, obviously, I should be editing, but I feel like because I just feel so kind of like uninspired and like yeah. lonely in a creative sense. I am. Um, I'm struggling to edit because it's just, you know, I just don't feel into it like even planning this new film we've put out casting calls and we've put out crew recruitments there's like no one here yeah there's no one here like we get we got like 11 applications that was it so like we're working hard like we're grafting by all means like yeah we've we've, today i emailed 19 different schools and colleges and universities like hey guys i'm making a film and uh if you know anyone that wants to, you know, help, then let me know, and hi, kind of thing. Yeah, and exactly. It's it's hard to sell yourself as well, and um, I don't know, it's, it's, 
I underestimate how hard it would be, and now I'm dealing with the consequences, and it's just... But you are actually dealing with it, though, and I think that's the difference between someone who truly cares and someone who it's not their passion, it's not what they're meant to do. Because I think a lot of people in your shoes would just be like, you know what, can't do it here, gonna stop doing it. But you're still <laughs> persevering. I'm still trying. I think yeah. that's... that's... I think it's for me it's it's my downfall but also one of my very good points is that I will try hard I will try I will try to make a film career work even if it's doomed I will try to make a relationship work even if it's doomed I will try to make a friendship work even if it's doomed I I'm a trier I feel like if I if I come back to life as an object I will be those pathetic stars you used to get from teachers that was like good try (laughs) like I tried Well, I mean, so, it's better to be a trier um, than to just sit and give up. This is true. This is true. That'll be next week. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, it's just perseverance, isn't it? With anything, really. Yeah. Perseverance with life. Perseverance with career. Perseverance with relationships. Perseverance with bad TV shows. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes. You, you gotta get That's, to the I'm end. I'm bad at that. I'm I'm like a horrible TV watcher. Well, I started watching Handmaid's Tale and I like it, but I haven't watched it in like two weeks. I'm evil. Evil. No, it's a good show. That. I mean, Perseverance. Me, like I'm. I started watching The Vampire Diaries when oh. I was seventeen, and I'm still trying to finish it. Like that. Just that. Just and that just personifies. Yeah. Try hard. That's true. That's true. <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> It's okay, Courtney I still watch is... American Horror Story. Oh, God. That's back tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It's back, it, well, it's back tomorrow for you guys. It's back the next day or so for us. I don't know. I'm not allowed to watch it till Christmas because I watch it with my dad, which is weird. I feel like that's a weird show to watch with your father, but no, we, no, we do. Not at all. <laughs> we I mean, watched all seven seasons in seven weeks at Christmas time. It was really, that's I think that's so one lovely. of the the greatest things I've ever done and also one of the worst things I've ever done it's not like I can put it on a resume but it feels feels fulfilling to me <laughs> I like that I'd love that so I see you by your resume here so yeah you've got you've got a college degree you've done some charity work seven seasons of American Horror Story in seven weeks tell me more about that <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh dear I remember being at like job interviews and I used to put on my CV, someone told me that it would be a good idea to put on your CV about being a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And the interview that I went for, it was like, oh, I see you've got a uh, film production company. So what's that like? And I just like, you know, oh yeah, you know, I've done this, done that, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, so you're a YouTuber. And I'm like, mm. no, 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 I'm not like a YouTuber. Oh, so you, God. and then one guy was like, so you want to do this like forever? Like you want to be famous? And I was like, no, no, it's it's, and then I had to say this, and it broke my heart. It's just a hobby. <gasps> and honestly, I felt like I broke. I felt like I stabbed myself. And he was oh like, "Oh," God. and he said, "Well, thank goodness for that." <gasps> I didn't take his job, by the way. But yeah, oh, well, thank goodness God. for that. It's just a <gasps> hobby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So. No, it's um yeah, it's it's a it's a confusing time. I think there's a lot of change in my life, so yeah. I think at one point I was kind of thinking like maybe I should just give up the one thing that makes me happy and then you think about it and you're like, Why on earth would I do that? No, do not do that. 
bad. Bad idea. Bad, bad girl. Bad yeah. girl. Damn. <laughs> Bitch, come here. <laughs> I will stop saying that. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. That's my existential crisis for this fortnight. Thank you for listening. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fantastic. <laughs> so, w- what are you working on right now? Tell us. Um, so I just started back up at school and I'm about to start a, I, I guess I can call it an ad campaign. Um, it's kind of heavy. It's about Catholic sex abuse. So, Sounds uh, nice and cheery. Yeah, nice and cheery. I know all the, we, we had open range. We could do whatever we wanted. And you know, everyone's like, I'm going to do a coffee shop. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I'm going to do Catholic sex abuse. Um, but I just, uh, the grand jury report for the whole thing happening in Philadelphia just came out, and mm-hmm. my roommate was reading it, and she was telling me about it, and I was like, holy shit, I have to do something about this. Like, it's too, I don't know, I feel like it's a subject that's so often, like, it, it comes around every 10 years, but then it just goes away again, and no one really cares. So I want to do a campaign targeted to Catholics, saying, mm-hmm. like, you know you don't give up on your faith like demand action to be taken to better your faith like because I you know I'm agnostic I'm not religious but I Mm -hmm. don't think it's fair to the good Catholics of the world to you know be a part of the fallout of these you know the evil members of the administration Mm -hmm. so I think if I could manage to reach um everyday Catholics and encourage them to demand change it could maybe help a little bit it sounds interesting it's yeah. funny with with funny with that because obviously I think obviously the the revelations regarding the Catholic Church that come out I can't remember what year it come out now but obviously the past I say the past 10 years it's been quite a, a change in yes. the Catholic Church and it's funny now because obviously the, the changes in the law such as gay marriage and things like that and the the Irish uh a referendum when they kind of yes. repealed the eighth so women can have abortions so there's a lot of change going on in the catholic church and it's funny because i was having a conversation with um my boyfriend's grandmother about this and i was saying like oh you know if we got married i wouldn't necessarily want to get married in the church like i'm not that fussed about it like i'd be happy to get married in a registry office and have like a nice yeah. party and um i was like i mean and she was like oh yeah no i agree with that i agree with that you know i said you know like and when i have a baby like i'm not even gonna get a christian she was like oh no you have to wash the sin and it made me laugh because you have this um you it's i feel like with religion especially for catholics and i don't speak for all of us of course there's a big pick and choose element yes yes (laughs) it's like you know i'm a catholic i'm gonna pick this bit and then i'm not gonna pick that bit like i don't believe in that bit but i believe in this bit like that bit's rubbish like don't worry about that bit you won't go to hell for that but you will go to hell for this yes exactly (laughs) it's just funny but no it's it's um it's religion all over isn't it oh yeah no it's it's every different kind they're all you know Mm. there's a lot of similarities (laughs) no it's so someone said to me the other day it was uh, because obviously like growing up i went to a church school so we'd like have morning prayer like we'd talk about god a lot and things like that and someone said to me like when you have children will you tell them about god and i thought oh what an interesting question yeah because obviously most most like most schools back in the day were church schools but now you don't have as many so i just think Hmm. Will I tell them about God? And then I thought, yes, I will. Her name is Sophia Copla, and the religion is film. And every Sunday we go to church, which is the cinema, in our house, and we will watch a film. And then I'd like you to say a sermon. 
which is a review of the film. So yeah, maybe maybe it's good that I don't have kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I yeah, I can't even. I can't imagine me being a mother either. It's uh, it's it's a thought. <laughs> it's um, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But yes, anyway, so yes, mid this week, biggest advice. It's okay to have a midlife crisis yes. and a quarter life crisis and a third of the way through crisis and a late twenties crisis, an early twenties crisis, a teenage crisis, and a Wednesday crisis. It's okay. Yes. Not having it all is the uh, the key message. Um, and we'll all get through in the end. Yes, we I hope. will. <laughs> we will. They will. And if anything happens, just throw your shoe and say, "Bitch, come here." Amen. Okay, so that episode ended up being an hour and a half long, so I will not possibly add on any more for you. Um, I will do my reviews of Black Klansman and Searching next week, but I did love them both, so I'll let you know that right now. Um, if you haven't already, please check out my funding campaign for my new film. The links are pretty much all over my social media and around pictures social media really want to make this film in the northeast and support local artists and up-and-coming talent and hopefully improve the opportunities in the area so thank you for that bye